Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison and I uh, am here with Dave Cribb. Hi, hi. What was the pause for? Uh, drama. Theatre. Oh, right. You hadn't forgotten the name of the podcast. No, no, no. no Much like I think- Ross forgets Rachel's name in this episode, which seems implausible. Yeah, I think having done... Um, I've lost count of how many episodes of this we've done, but we've done we must plenty. Be like twenty now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on? What's a cracker lacking? Uh, do you know what, Pete? I'm topically, but annoyingly, full of a fucking cold. Oh, can you hear it in my? Uh, you hear it? I'm a bit prime of lime. The prime of lime. Yeah, I've got a bit of a bungy, a bungy nose, and so I think I can say the word "find," but oh, "find." Fine, fine. Yeah, I can say that. It's real fine. dedication to the contents of this episode to intentionally get a cold just to recreate Monica's state. I know, I know, people. The Admiral. amount of the amount of uh, people, people. I had to interact with. Did you just call me people? The... Did I call you people? You said I know people. No, uh, I know. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a weird thing for me to have said. It does, doesn't it? I'd say I'd rewind, but I can't do that. So no, because that's not how life works. Yeah, because this is live, isn't it? We're actually doing that right now. <laughs> just rewind my day and just see what happened. Um, that would be a good little feature, wouldn't it? Um, which episode request request have we got? I am going to read you the request, and the request is incredibly visual, and it's probably one of my favourite request formats we've ever had. Pete is what I would say. Oh, okay. So Mark says, hello. And then there's an image right. of Hank Azaria. And then the word and. And then there's an image of John Favreau. Dave and Pete. David and Pete. Exactly. Hello, David and Pete. And yeah, I will. I, I never usually enjoy a David, but in this context, I will Are take you it. technically a David? Yeah. Okay. By birth, but nobody, not even my mother, has called me David for at least 15 years. Same for me and Peter. Yeah. And apart from, actually, fucking idiots that send me emails sometimes, replying to ones where I've sived off as Dave, to the email address Dave Crib at whatever, you know, and still go, hi, David. I'm like, I'm almost tempted to never interact with you again based on this, because that is poor. Right. Wow. Anyway, that's just my little bugbear, guys. Love the show. Long-time listener. One-time correspondent slash quizzed. First-time requester here. Oh, I like your stats. Can we make that a thing for requests? Hang on. Say that again. Long-time listener. One-time correspondent. One-time quizzed. First-time requester. Okay, so this is completing the set, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good. like that. Yeah, absolutely. The the egot of the Friends with Friends world. <laughs> we are the Viola Davis of Friends with Friends. Well done. <laughs> but if I uh, sent you that in a message, I would put a photograph of an instrument rather yeah. than the name. Please can we have season six, episode 13. When you say please can we have, do you just mean we, the masked listeners, or are you talking on behalf of other people? 
Anyway, you can't answer. This is not how life works again. The one with Rachel's sister, mainly because A, Reese Witherspoon, great. Up there with best guest stars. Oh, we can debate that. And B, apartment pants. Yes, apartment pants. Other 1.5 storylines aren't loads to shout about. Not sure how I feel about Monica and the vapor rub. Well, do you know what, Mark? I hope you don't feel uh, like Chandler does about it because that's inappropriate. Uh, quiz to follow. Uh, Just wanted to get this request in. Cheers, fellas. And I guess how he signed off. Uh, a photo of Mark from Friends. With a photo of Mark from Friends. Correct. Okay, fine. Good. Um, what did you just ask me? Uh, oh, about the quiz. Oh, yeah. Uh, he didn't follow up with a quiz. I mean, what, what you've done there, Pete, is take away some of the jeopardy for that bit of the podcast later where I go, let's play a sting and see if there's a quiz on the other side of it. Do you reckon that's the main reason people listen to this podcast? <laughs> I would have thought that jeopardy. little cliffhanger at the end, Pete. Yeah. Do you know what? Still going to fucking do it. Okay, fine. Even though you've ruined it, frankly. Ruined it. Sorry, everyone. You ruiner. Um, would you like a synopsis, Peter? Oh, yeah, go for it. Ah, yeah. You said it's genuinely pleased then, actually, which I don't know if that's true. Season 6, episode 13, the one with Rachel's sister. 225563, let down at the end there, but that does mean there is 225566 coming up, um, which is a very pleasing production code, isn't it? It is. I do like that. Joey uses his position as a waiter to give all the pretty female customers free things at the coffee house, but quickly gets in trouble with Gunther. Monica refuses to admit she's sick when she gets a cold, and Rachel's sister Jill shows up after their father cuts her off and now has to make it on her own. Where do you want to start? I'm going to suggest the plot that has almost nothing to discuss, which is Monica being ill. Uh, Yeah, okay, let's do that. The old vapor rub. Uh, The old vapor rub. Uh, the first thing I'd say is Monica says she hasn't been ill for three and a half years, yet we know she caught Phoebe's sexy cold only two years ago. Oh, that's that's a level of detail that even I would never have uh, have picked up on. I honestly was watching this going, once you get beyond I'm fine and prime of lime, which frankly are excellent, like... Uh, quotes to grab in almost daily life, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but past that, this storyline is quite, it's not weak. It's just quite nothing, isn't it? Yeah. I think, um, I, I think Courtney Cox's coldy acting is quite good. I it's mean, the nasally good. voice is, is convincing. It actually is so good that it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. A bit gross. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a bit grossed out, yeah. And especially because I've been developing this cold over the last couple of days myself in preparation for this episode. Mm. When I heard her, my, like, my eyes almost started watering. I was like, oh, this is... I'm, I am really like... You do, you do get the impression she's right bunged up and I think she's very good at it. But ultimately, when you strip it down and, and rub vapour rub on it, uh, it's just a storyline about an ill woman trying to horny ill woman force someone to have sex with her yeah. against their will, which is kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? I think it'd be hard to have sex with someone covered in Vicks vapor rub. Like you'd well, end up all tingly. It's not sexy, is it? No, it's, it's logistically tricky. There's that smell's going to permeate. Yeah, I do but, love that smell, but I I wouldn't want to shag it. Well, exactly, it's not a smell I associate with pleasure. 
Uh, um, like sort of sexual pleasure. And you know that is... scene where Rachel comes into the apartment and they're in the bathroom putting vapor rub in yeah. some places, or however they express it. Yeah. Does that mean that they're putting it on like? If you put if you put vapor sentence finish that sentence well like if you put vapor rub on your bollocks that would that would like (laughs) no that'd be horrible that would not be comfortable agreed agreed I don't think vapor rub is meant for any sort of genitalia because it's a bit like Bernie isn't it yeah it's uh, like putting what's that thing called deep heat yeah like just rubbing deep heat all over yourself you should not put vapor rub or deep heat on your penis. But it does seem like they've unlocked some sort of strange new kink, doesn't it? Because once they... Burning? Well, once they have vapor-up sex, then this is now the second... Vapor-up sex! (laughs) This is now the second scene where they're they're, they're sort of using vapor-up within their sex life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They use it as a lube. (laughs) Oh, no! Well, it does have a sort of Vaseline-esque consistency. Oh, but to... comes with a side serving of, <laughs> I imagine, quite intense burning. Yeah, exactly. And you don't. I get... Right, look. That, leave... That's a bit like, it, like if the pain is part of the thrill, then that is a, a a dark kink that I don't really want to get into. Right. Maybe if pain is your kink, but if you're losing that, like all I say is, let's leave this here. But if you're losing that, losing. Why can't I say using that as lube? Then. There's a lot of that's then uh, becoming an internal rub, isn't it? Which cannot oh be good for Monica. <laughs> no, um, no. Like I think the problems are extensive enough as an external rub in the wrong places. I don't think you want to be in- ingesting is the wrong word. But what is- <laughs> That is not part of that part of the body's function. But, uh, no, but you know what I mean. Also, I I think, you know the scene where um, where Monica sort of claims that she's using it uh, innocently and she's applying it and then yeah. Chandler gets turned on by it? I think there's one cutaway of Chandler being turned on by it that is not in the televised episodes that I've seen of this episode. What, where his sort of lips are shaking? And yeah, there's like a... Like a uh, and it go, he goes up a level in horniness that yeah. I think that bit's been cut from versions of this episode that I've seen before. Somebody might be able to tell me whether they agree with me here. But um, I, I just, there was, that scene lasts about 10 seconds longer than I remember it lasting. Right. As if some sort of sensor has gone. Yeah, they've gone, all right, he's too horny here. Yeah, level one horny good, level two horny bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Vic's got in touch and we're sort of like, we think the level of horniness displayed here. Uh, doesn't align with our product values and we do not want vapor rub to be associated with sexual pleasure and presumably like given this is you'd imagine not product placement because why would you want your product placed there yeah um, i uh they're getting some great great publicity out of it where's the great publicity they're getting publicity out of it no uh what's the word what's the phrase no no such thing as bad publicity hmm which seems like a strange week to say that because <laughs> I think we've yeah, but um, I mean, if they didn't buy some sort of advertising slots around this episode when it aired on television, they've missed a trick. Imagine that ad break after Monica's done that, and the first thing up there is Vic's vapor rub. Wouldn't you just be like smashed it? And suddenly, a whole country was horny, and it didn't know why. 
Horny and Tingly. Horny and Tingly. Anyway, Prime of Lime and Find are they they are very much working their way into my daily routine still twenty odd years later. No, yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, the only other thing I'd like to point out before we move on from this, when Monica is trying to coax Chandler into bed and she says, paging, what does she say? Oh, I don't know. I didn't clock it. Well, I th- so I had the subtitles on for the first time and this is the only the first time that I saw what I think it's supposed to be, which is paging Dr. Bing. And what, what does she say? Well, because... Uh, it, uh, because of her nasal delivery, the N gets lost completely. And I always sort of assumed it was a weird sex show. You know, like on the um, phone, when they, the one where everyone finds out, she's like, you know what your nickname is, Mr. Big. I was like, is this like, a, is Dr. Big? Has he, uh, been, yeah. has, has he been promoted? I has didn't he, clock that. Has Mr. Big uh, been to medical school? <laughs> <laughs> He's qualified. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because that does seem like the sort of point at which she would try and introduce the sort of sexy nickname into proceedings, you know? But the subtitles say Dr. Bing, which is frankly underwhelming. This is the whole ticker tape parade all over again. That's just a line, otherwise. It's not a joke, you know? Um, But yeah, anyway, I'd be interested to know what people think that line is supposed to be. Shall we move on to Joey? Uh, Yes. Joey's working at Central Perk, right? Uh, And has picked up some incredibly fast maths. Yeah, the fast maths, absolutely true. The fast maths comes from a scenario that I don't think any human has ever been involved in. Have you ever, in all your time on this planet, received a bill where the waiter walks over and reads the whole thing out to you, (laughs) itemised by person? And equally, in a cafe, you'd already have paid, surely. Like, you'd- Yeah, it's such a weird fucking scenario that he's like, right, here's what everyone owes to the cent. Yeah. Uh, as if, and, and the total's like $12. Yeah, surely I did just- think that was so of its time, wasn't it? You could get all of that for like a tenner. Yeah. <laughs> surely one of them's just picking that up, you know, going, oh, I'll get this today. And how they don't have some sort of, frankly, invoicing system set up with Central Perk already, like a direct debit. Like, you wouldn't want to be fucking settling that bill seven times a day, the amount of times they drink there. Also, Joey's flirting is, like, supposedly legendary. And then we get yeah. a few glimpses at it in this episode where his flirting's just really naff. It's bad, isn't it? I thought that. Um, I don't think this showcases Joey very well at all on the whole, does it? No. Also, why is he getting more dates? He says, I'm getting more dates than ever. And this is no disrespect to anyone in their 30s working in a coffee shop. But that guy's been on television. How is he getting more dates now than when he was literally on telly? Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, what is what is it about this particular scenario that means he's so attractive? Is this an entire... This We're treating, like, Joey in the, the central perk action is a subplot in this, right? Well, it's, a, it's the third plot, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I just... It, it, this episode really is all about Rachel and her sister, isn't it? Yeah, that's the main bulk of it, certainly. But this is like the the C plot, I guess, isn't it? Because, you know, we do keep cutting back to it. He's got giving away all his free muffins and then he starts the happy birthday bit and then Gunther gets off. You know, there's like there's enough to certainly categorise it as not just a little throwaway bit, I think. I do like um, 
Gunther's line of, you are no longer authorised to distribute birthday muffins. I made that exact note because I think that's one of the like most underrated lines in all of Friends. I think that's such a funny line, just the way it's written and the way it's delivered is so brilliant. Yeah, it's like yeah, I think it's I think it's a a bit of perfect like scripting and uh, and acting that Gun- just like Gunther's deadpan delivery of that line makes me laugh out loud like every time I watch that. Superb, superb. Ten out of ten. We like to criticize friends sometimes, don't we, Pete? But we also like to say when it's excellent. It's a good line. Um, I think what the women of the thirsty women of Greenwich Village are really thrilled to save. What at this time was about two dollars fifty. Well, exactly. We already know that they're not really saving that much money anyway. <laughs> they're so pleased to not have to pay like a bit of pocket change for their coffee that they're all willing to date Joey. Also, if this surprise discount was one day withdrawn, I think in my head would be like, "All right, fair enough. I've had the last few for free." Whereas right. she's like, uh, "I thought I got free muffins." It's like, oh, I thought that. Pay to for cons- it. To consistently expect stuff, you can absolutely fuck off. Like yeah. any any interaction like that where somebody gives you a free thing is a bonus in life, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like I have a couple of like bars I go to in London where if the right person is working, I will get free drinks. But every time it happens. I'm thrilled. I never go in expecting it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the idea that if someone wants to try to charge me, I'd be like, excuse me, I don't pay for stuff here. I'd like, what an absolute dick move from that woman. Agreed. Um, I mean, this whole storyline is very early 2000s, isn't it? It's basically just Joey objectifying women and trying to sort of coax as many people on dates as he can with free merchant merchandise. No, what's the word? products free stuff 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 that's the word pete that's the bloody word um one of my favorite other underrated lines that actually gets used more often than i realized almost to the point where you know when a friend's quote just becomes something you hear someone say and you forget it's from friends Mm. is when joey when phoebe sort of has a go at joey for it and then he offers her a Free muffin, and she just goes, a <laughs> uh, free scone, sorry, and she goes, I'm pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is good. That is such a nice little niche reference. Do you know reference. something else? This is from a different Friends episode, but I'm going to mention it now based on the fact that you've just said about things that like happen in Friends and you overlook the fact that yeah. that's where they originated. I thought the other day when I had a few friends over and I bought a couple of bags of ice. Yes. And the isn't it weird how like the idea of buying lots of something in preparation for stuff. Now, like, feels so attached to Phoebe and Cups and Ice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like, like, I don't know, being over-prepared for something when you're buying stuff is, yeah. is like, I don't know that that would ever register in my head if it wasn't for friends. Yeah, I mean, it's not even over a bed. It's just buying, like, just being in charge of ice, yeah. for example. Do you know what I mean? Just the idea that, like, buying more than one bag of ice and you're like, I'm in charge of ice, cups and ice. You know, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Ah. It's such a weird thing because that is just a thing you do in, in regular day-to-day life, right? Yeah, exactly. So you bought two bags of ice. Was that enough, was it? It was more than enough because I've still got a bag left. Bloody hell, mate. Yeah, I got right. a new ice machine this week, actually. Of course you got an ice machine. But what a second is my my last one broke, so it's my actually. What were you what were you doing with it? 
I don't know, making too Overused, much ice, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the, the, there is quite a limit to what you can do with an ice machine. Yeah, I hadn't like poured it. I mean, the instructions do explicitly say when you get an ice machine, don't put any liquid that isn't water in. And, and I'd never thought about doing it, but reading the instructions really makes me want to try, you know? Yeah, yeah. Chuck in some, like... Lemonade milk, ice. Milkshake or, yeah, or lemonade, exactly. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I saw Khalees perform Milkshake Live on Saturday. Were you a hoopla, were you? Yeah, I was. Just, oh, just nice. that in there, yeah. Oh, lovely. How was it? Yeah, it was good. It was I good. went to Beyonce on Saturday. Did you? Did you I, get to... I saw hoop- Kelly Rowland. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Who's... Anyone see Michelle this weekend? Yeah. Between us, we saw two-thirds of Destiny's Child. Yeah. I, I was thinking that. Like, I love Mighty Hoopla. It's a fucking great day out, right? But... As a side-by-side comparison for Kelly Rowland. Yeah. <laughs> to know that while she's playing a sort of small to medium regional festival <laughs> and across the way, her old pal is playing... One of many like nights. 100,000 people seven nights in a row. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for incredible amounts of money. Because everyone at Beyonce was like, Kelly Rowland, Kelly Rowland's in town. Maybe she'll pop up. I was like... But she didn't, I... did she? Well, no, I mean, she was very much on stage at the same time. Yeah, she could have popped up on another day and seemingly yeah. wasn't so far. No, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we digress. I just think that would have been... If I was Kelly Rowland, I'd be like, I don't need that for my ego. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go, this is what you could have won. Um, but anyway, moving on. To Jill? To Jill. Can I stop and have a wee? I'm desperate for a wee. Well, why don't we play one of those little stings and you can have a wee? Okay, you do that. I'll be back in a sec. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I am back. How was your wee? Textbook. Textbook. Take some vapor rub in there with you? I did not, know. I do have some vapor rub, but I don't do use it for that. Yeah. No, please don't. Yeah. Uh, do we even need to? I mean, we might even need to put some sort of medical warning on this episode. Mm-hmm. Please do not follow the ideas you hear in this episode. I mean, actually, we should put that on the front of every episode, frankly, because mm-hmm. I don't think we. I'd hope that. that this is not where people get their inspiration to try various things. Certainly not medical advice. Yeah. Like, that's worrying. To Jill? To Jill. To Jill we go. Um, one of my favourite bits in All Our Friends, and I know it's a bit that's sort of a, a bit of a meme, but the bit when Jill knocks on the door and they they all, all look, look around, confused, yeah, that's really good, isn't it? Phoebe starts counting them up. Is 
just those little meta bits. And this is like six seasons in. I know they've had a couple of little things, like when they all walk into the coffee shop and there's just loads of people sat in their normal seats and they're a bit like, oh. You know, like the little bits like that, where there's that insight into this would definitely happen more than they let it show in real life. But I just really enjoy that moment. Yeah, so I like good. that those moments are used so kind of sparingly because it makes them even funnier. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that they've waited six seasons for that, frankly, you know. Um, I also thought with the presence of Jill, who I think is great, it's a shame yeah. we never saw Amy, Jill and Rachel together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess that was a sort of scheduling nightmare with three of the biggest actor you know like getting them all together in one but it is a shame uh, also when phoebe says this is spoiled one of the one that bitter like aren't they just both horribly spoiled <laughs> yeah and um, also phoebe having a goldfish in her bag is a great little moment in these scenes yeah, that is a little just completely old i thought of that that is such an old frenzy just a bit that goes nowhere but it's just a bit of an insight into phoebe's life and personality and they don't do that as much as the show develops do they but i just really enjoy that they spent probably a good 45 seconds of phoebe just rooting through her bag yeah and then pulling out a goldfish it was such a nice little uh throwback to the things they used to do in the early seasons that i really like and it's so phoebe isn't it i like this storyline i also like the role that phoebe has in it because there's a couple of really nice moments like when jill says oh i don't know how to thank you guys and phoebe yeah. says ah oh, i like cars <laughs> like, that's really good too <laughs> yeah so jill's been cut off uh although so here's my question can you just walk into a shop and say some credit card numbers. Yeah, she, I made that note as well. So she doesn't have the credit card that her dad used to pay the bill for, yeah. but she's memorised the numbers yeah. of her dad's credit card. So therefore, you know like when you're buying something online and you have to type everything in? She's done that, but in person. Right? Man. So, And I know it is possible sort of technically, because sometimes if a card doesn't swipe in the old days then they would type it in on the machine but i would have thought the interaction where you say to the person at the till uh oh i don't have my card yeah but i know the numbers would ring such a fraud alarm bell yeah that they'd be like that's a bit fucking weird mate what the fuck are you playing at and she seems to have gone to multiple stores and done this and bought quite expensive stuff like apartment pants like apartment pants and something from Tiffany. Like, she's bought quite a lot of stuff, hasn't she? She has, yeah. She's done a good haul. And then Rachel lets her off it because she's like, oh, everybody's allowed, like, one slip-up, that kind of thing. Well, it's a pretty big slip-up because she's bought a shitload. She has, but do you know why Rachel lets her off that, Pete? And this is a really... I thought this was a really nice bit because that that scene is almost shot for shot, the scene when Rachel arrives in Manhattan uh, before the friends force her to cut cut up her credit cards yeah and she goes on a big shopping splurge look how far rachel's come look how far she's come so i think rachel has uh empathy for jill's situation there and i think that is nice Uh, and i like the um sort of semi-improv scene of ross and phoebe trying to cover for jill that's cute isn't it yeah that is good um first time ross has heard of a pashmina is that the first time i ever heard of a pashmina when watching this episode probably possibly yeah possibly like, it feels like I can't quite work out the context of whether Pashminas were just breaking into the mainstream then, you know, Western mainstream or not. But it seems to be delivered in that way, doesn't it? That Like, Ross, living in the middle of New York, had never heard of one. Yeah, whereas Rachel has her finger on the Pashmina pulse. Exactly, the Pashmina pulse. The best, all, the best of all the pulses. Mm. I think Ross shouldn't 
be flirting with Jill. And, <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's so you obviously know? fucked up that either of them are flirting with each other, isn't it? Yeah, that whole scene where Rachel leaves and they start doing the little, oh, giggly, 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 is like, Phoebe's right to clock it and flag it up because that is, well, it, get it, out of town. It kind of makes sense that Jill would feel like it's something she can do because of sort of sense of entitlement and yep. uh, and things like that. But Ross, yeah, needs to needs to be more aware of how fucked up this is. Yeah, well, again, and I think in fairness to Jill, I mean, she is absolutely mad, but uh, when she sort of says, oh, I hadn't even thought about Ross that way, I do believe that, you know, that you can watch that interaction back and go, Jill is just thrilled to have the little blue bag still, you know? And I also, I love that scene where, you know, Rachel's all excited because she's pitched the idea of apartment pants and then Phoebe comes in and as a good friend warns her that there's, she's, she puts yeah. it as having seen a spark, doesn't she? And then yes. Rachel's spiralling to Ross marrying Jill is great and Phoebe following up with... Great news about the empowerment pants, huh? <laughs> I think that little Jennifer Aniston meltdown moment is it's very, really is good. so well done. She's brilliant it? in this whole episode, to be fair. Yeah, she really is, actually. She deals with this so well. Uh, my question about the apartment pants is, Rachel says, oh, I, I pitched them to my boss, and she loved them. What's she pitched? Uh, well, in my head, what? it's like apartment pants are like joggers, right? But they existed then, Pete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, we, are we to believe that Rachel has invented jogging pants, sweatpants? Yeah, maybe. Like what? She's. I don't know what she thinks apartment pants are. Fancy apartment designer apartment pants. Right, okay, fine. Yeah, but I was. I was like, oh, I've pitched them. I was like, what the fuck have you pitched? You just looked at some trousers, got told they were called apartment pants. And then, like, I would have thought if Rachel's boss has any sort of nouse about her, she would have gone, and what exactly differentiates <laughs> these apartment pants from regular pants? Um, then we get into this whole palaver where Rachel inadvertently persuades Jill to ask Ross out. Yeah, I like um, I like the whole, the girl who tried too much too fast. Oh my God, that's the best line in the whole episode. <laughs> what happened to it? She, she died, Jill. She died, Jill. The delivery <laughs> of that line is so perfect it's so believable that like the character is scrambling around for a really impactful thing <laughs> to try and teach yeah, her a lesson and it continues as well because of the whole uh when jill shows her the outfit she plans on working and rachel says it's kind of slutty yeah well i'm a slut yeah me too yeah that's great <laughs> i know it's, rachel can't like get any catch a break in any of this can she everything she tries just falls completely dead well she's kind of like a victim of her own old behavior isn't she yeah right jill Jill is i think a lot of this is jill reflecting old rachel you know from the spoilt to the shopping spree to the getting in flirting with someone having a bit of a you know like arriving in manhattan this whole thing it is sort of five years later all over again isn't it just just jill's five years behind rachel in terms of where she is in her life, I guess. Yeah. What I would say in defence of uh, Jill, though, is Ross is a geek. <laughs> she sort of categorises him as a geek, and it's like, no, he's not. You know, it's like, no, he fucking is. He's a professional that's, geek. That's not a bad thing, but he very much is a geek, you know? Yeah. Um. Don't flirt with Jill, Ross. Certainly, if you have flirted and then convinced yourself implausibly that Rachel is okay with this, don't meet at the coffee house. Yeah. Why is Ross so surprised that Rachel is at the coffee house? Yeah, needs like, to uh, pigeons needs to be more Ross. strategic there. Yeah, yeah, like uh, it, she's always there, mate. Don't arrange to meet her sister for a date at the place where you know she always is. 
but then having gone on the date, Christ, what's Rachel doing? Going to watch it from across the street. Yeah, she's um, she's putting herself through it, isn't she? Talk about torturing yourself. It's bad enough when, like, in that sort of situation, if you're imagining people on a date having a good time, to actually fucking watch it. I can't. That's awful, right? Yeah. I think that's, I just think, and you know, obviously, we get the to be continued. There's no tag scene on this episode, so it's a sort of strange mid-season cliffhanger. That yeah, no uh, post credits. No, no post credits. I mean, this is episode 13, so this would be literally the mid-season break, I guess. But still, like, what a, it's not enough of a cliffhanger for me to give a shit, you know? Yeah, I, I was a bit sort of taken by surprise when it just suddenly ended. Yeah. Um, I do really like talking of little speeches, like Rachel's meltdown earlier. I love Chandler's little speech when he's scrambling around after he says, oh, he's going to get some of the glare of, yeah. you know, and, and tries to pull that all the way back. And I love watching him struggle, pause, take a beat and just go, well, I'm off to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he delivers that is so good. Um, and that's where we leave it, isn't it? it that's is. where that's, it, yeah. that's where the cliffhanger uh, occurs. Hey, Pete. Yes. Should we play a sting and see if there's a quiz on the other side? Yes. Uh, can't, I can't wait for this. It's very tense, isn't it? The jeopardy is real. Oh, my God. So, what are we saying? Uh, we don't have a quiz. See you next week. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, we, were not, we, we do not have a quiz. But um, do you want to do your thing in the comments for next week's episode? Yeah, we don't have a quiz next week either. Is that, the, is that what you're telling me? I believe so. Oh, hang, on. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Let me definitively check before we start throwing these bold claims around about quizzes. Uh, 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 oh. 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 So well, you made so many noises there, Pete. I so, honestly, that was a roller coaster. I just let you. I just let you make noises. Okay, so Charlie has requested season eight, episode eight, the one with the stripper. Yeah. Oh, good. We've not done that before. It's it's not the one with Danny DeVito. Oh, it's which a different one? Oh, stripper. Oh, the stripper. Um, uh, the bachelor party. The, yeah. the the emergency stripper. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah. Good. Um. Now, Charlie did send a quiz, but the link to it has now expired. (gasps) So, Charlie, resend your quiz. Yeah, frankly, Charlie, the idea that you would put an expiry date on a Friends with Friends request is quite frankly naive. Yeah, the link no longer works. No, you did request this in, I think, the year of our Lord, 1926. So yeah. thank you for that. But we have finally got around to it. Please do send a, a link on the internet now rather than your original quiz when you sent it in the 20s. Or if you can't be asked, Telegram. just say, I don't have a quiz, and then we'll get someone else to do a quiz. Well, if they've already made a quiz, Pete, come on, it's there, Yeah, but isn't she it? might not have it anymore. Well, look, this is well, we'll find we can't out, continue to discuss without Charlie's input, frankly. Yeah, that's so true. that's fair. Away we go. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.